Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galanti. I'm with Dustin Hawkinsmith. It's quarter number one of our show and a chance to remind you you got to check out our good friends at New Trail Brewing Company. Brewed right here in central Pennsylvania. They deliver their beers fresh and cold to your favorite retailer every week. And they often come out with new beers. They're famous for their IPAs. Their Broken Heels is so popular. I, of course, am partial to the Whiteout, Dustin. But they also have lagers and several other kind of beers. You just got to check again and again every week to see what they have coming out new and also fantastic all right dusty it is bye week time we finished that up last week now it's time to get ready for michigan i thought this would be a good time though to take stock in where the team is we're going to get to grades for the team shortly but let's hit the big questions that are Pressing all the Penn State fans. Let's start with the obvious. Sean Clifford, Drew Aller, who you got? Man, I mean, I think I was I was leading the charge early on that to say, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves with Drew Aller, right? Like let's I, I think the the fact that he's played so much is, is a bonus. And I don't think he needs to see a full season's worth of snaps. But now as I see you know, especially one glaring issue for this Penn State offense is that uh, Sean Clifford is not a very good thrower of the deep ball. I think that that's been true um, for a while, and I think it's been true this year. And I think you saw, you know, Central Michigan kind of exploit that a little bit. And I think Northwestern, their style uh, also lent itself to to slowing down the Penn State offense. They're not doing a, they're not doing a great job of stretching the field vertically. And I think, you know, the way that they're running the ball and the dynamic playmakers they have after the catch, you know, Brenton Strange, Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, uh, the running backs, you know, I don't think it's been a crippling thing and maybe it won't be for a bit yet, but at some point in time, and I do think this weekend at Michigan, you know, I think all the film is out there and defensively, you know, they've got the athletes and they've got the ability to, to really condense and, and, and take away that 10 to 15 yards and, and play the run and, and, and dare Sean Clifford to beat him over the top. You know, with, with that in mind, I mean, that's not an issue for Drew Aller. You know, I think he throws a wonderful deep ball. I think he's looking to do it. Um, I think he is able to step up in the pocket and buy time and slide and, and do that. So that, that one, the, the one big problem that I've got with the Penn State offense uh, is something that probably wouldn't be as big a problem with Drew Aller in there. And I, I'm really curious, you know, I, I think as they come out of the bye, um, I don't think James Franklin's going to do anything. But I do think, you know, his physical tools bring that dimension into play a little bit where Sean Clifford continues to struggle. He's three out of 17 on passes 20 yards or longer. Uh, Johnny McGonigal, my co- uh, colleague from Penn Live, dug that up from pro-, pro Football Focus. It's the worst number in America. And I don't know that I really see the makings here of that changing a whole lot because Sean Clifford is who he is at this point. The playmakers that he has on the outside, I wouldn't really say that the deep game is their primary strength. 
I think Mitchell Tinsley is a great possession receiver. I think Parker Washington, most of the time, trying to do his work in the short and intermediate part of the field. So, yeah, I, I don't know that that number is going to change a whole lot. And I do feel like they got to come out of their by um, at least attempting to set that up a little bit better and make some plays down the field. But uh, I think if that continues to be a struggle, I am going to personally wonder if Drew Aller might be a better option at some point. But uh, I don't know that James Frank James Franklin has committed so much to Sean Clifford. I don't think it's going to change now. I don't think so either. But interestingly enough, I, I know what the numbers are throwing deep, and I'm not sure. And they say Sean Clifford's not very good at it, but it feels like it, my issue is more with the decision-making from Sean Clifford. I'm not sure how many deep balls there were when I say, oh, that guy was wide open deep and Sean Clifford missed him. More often I feel like, oh, that guy was double-covered. <laughs> Why is he even throwing it there when Nick Singleton is over in the flat with no defenders there near him? And, you know, the couple interceptions that he's thrown, and it's only been a couple, they were just terrible passes, terrible decisions. And it's those things where he loses his form. He's throwing off his back foot, throwing across his body, not stepping up into the pocket. Those are where the issues are. I feel like the improvement for Sean Clifford is, you know what? Have him get the ball out quick. Deliver it quick. Don't make him think too much. Let him have one read and deliver. When he gets back there for too long, he gets happy feet. And bad things happen. Uh, Dustin, let's go to the other side of the ball. And I don't know if I can find something terribly wrong on that side of the ball to pick on. I think, you know, we were concerned about a linebacker and Abdul Carter comes up and he's going to be, he is already a player. We were concerned about the guys coming off injury or off for a year. P.J. Mustafer just had his best game. Akeem Beeman, who was off for a year, had his best game. Adisa Isaac seems to be coming along. Uh, Chop Robinson, there was questions him coming in as a transfer. He seems to have answered those questions. And, oh, by the way, the defensive backs are the strength of the defense. So my question to you, just how good can these guys be? I feel the exact same way. I mean, I, th- I think if you're pointing out problems with the defense, it is really because you're out there looking for it and you're trying to drill down and, and nitpick. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there were questions about they needed some things to go right at defensive end. Acclimation and getting back healthy again and all that. And those things have gone right. They needed a young linebacker to step into a, a role, whether that was a, as a reserve or a starter or whatever. And Abdul Carter has been a, incredibly valuable and really brought a new dynamic and, and uh, helped answer the depth questions at, at linebacker. Um, you know, on the back end, you know, you're wondering, are these guys deserving of, of the hype? Like, you know, Tariq Castro Fields moves on. You're going to be, you know, is Kalen King really ready for primetime? Yeah, he is ready for primetime. Joey Porter Jr. questions about whether he is he really that first round pick guy. I mean, he's looked it. And I think over the past few weeks, really since that Purdue game, haven't called his name very often, which I think is the sign of a dominant cornerback. The The less you see him, the more the, the, the team that they're playing is really just not even looking in that direction. I think that's what has kind of happened. So 
yeah, this defense, I think, is a championship caliber group. Whether that's a Big Ten title run, they are good enough to get that job done. You know, they're good enough, and I spe- I think especially when it comes to taking the ball away. You know, I think that's going to be so important against your Ohio States, for example, against more explosive offenses where you're going to be given some yardage. You're going to be giving some points. C.J. Stroud is good. Uh, you're not going to be able to, to keep those guys off the scoreboard. But what could give you some hope and, and a chance in a game like that is to switch the field around is to get a pick six or something like that. And I think this group just has a knack for jarring the ball loose, um, being in the right place at the right time. You know, they're creating pressure, which can kind of create some turnover type situations. So I think this group, I mean, I I, I want to see, you know, how the inside of the defense holds up against Michigan. You know, that that's one question I still have yet. When you have a team that's that's going to put a lot of size on the field, that's going to try to run downhill on you again and again and again and commit to that, are you able to keep that pace? And, you know, I think the defensive tackle rotation, uh, the second best guy in there is Hakeem Beeman, who's undersized for the position. Uh, Kaziah Izzard's just made his way back, so I think you're getting some encouraging things there. But uh, that's maybe one small question they have to answer, but – that this group, I think, is is good enough to to lead the way toward a Big Ten title. Now the offense has to has to carry its weight, and uh, you know can't put the defense in bad spots, and I can't keep putting them back on the field uh, and things like that. But this group, um, they are they are good enough and talented enough, and I think um, I think takeaways are a big fundamental part of why they're playing so much better, and they're they're going after them aggressively. And the one name you failed to mention is Manny Diaz. I give him a lot of credit for a lot of the things that you said. Uh, the ability to put pressure on the quarterback, the ability to create turnovers, I think that's by design. I think it's by Manny Diaz's design, and I think it's that style of defense that gives them more of a fighting chance against a team like Ohio State. I still have the same question you do against a team like Michigan that's just going to try and overpower you. We'll, we'll see how that works. Let's get back to the offense. If we're feeling that the defense is of championship caliber, Dusty, what does the offense have to do to carry their weight? Well, I think Obviously, first and foremost, taking care of the ball better. You know, that rainy game against Northwestern probably sent them back to the practice fields with that that agenda, uh, that item on their agenda list. Um, I, I want to see a little bit more involvement from the tight ends. You know, I think uh, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren have been largely absent. You know, Johnson's been hurt, but Tyler Warren hasn't really been um, a, a focal point at all. Uh, I think the the wide receiver depth has been a little bit of a disappointment because you haven't really seen Keandre Lambert-Smith take the next step. Uh, Trey Wallace hasn't really shown that he's um, good enough to definitely be that third guy. So I think uh, finding more options there and getting a little bit more consistency deeper down the depth chart. Um, and I think just, you know, setting up deep shots down the field, whether that's play action or double moves off of short stuff, um, create better opportunities down the field and try to get a little bit more quick strike or present a bigger threat there. And I think as you're getting into these key games that are going to be tight, they're going to be tough, they're going to be one possession games uh, for the most part, I think we're going to see it. But I think to, to get Sean Clifford more involved in the run game, so that has to be respected. That element uh, can probably make the whole run game run better. And I was really uh, stomping the floor saying, 
let's take it easy with Sean Clifford. The more you run him, the more he's going to get hurt. You're leaning on that too much. Now I think they went out of their way through the non-conference schedule and through the early portion of the Big Ten schedule to not uh, let that wear and tear accumulate. And I think this is what you're saving it for is to, is to run Sean Clifford to get some key first downs and things like that uh, when, the, when the going gets a little tougher against your Michigans and Ohio States. If you're trying to save those bullets, now is the time to use them in these next three games. Because if, if, if you're not going to win any of these games anyway, <laughs> Drew Aller is going to be coming in. Uh, and we could talk about that more another day. But I, I think Sean Clifford has to be a threat, not just for his ability to pick up some yardage, but have the defense realize that he's a potential threat which I think will open up more things for the for the running backs. All right, Dustin, that's it for quarter number one. We're going to start grading the team. Stick around for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith, and this is quarter number two of our show. But first, a quick reminder. Got a couple big games coming up besides Michigan on the road this week, Dustin. Then it's back-to-back big games, Minnesota for the whiteout. The following week, it's Ohio State. No better way to spend the weekend in Happy Valley than with GoPSURV.com. This is where you drive your car, 
to Happy Valley. They've got an RV there ready and waiting for you to spend the weekend. You don't have to worry about the hassles of parking. They have a bus that'll take you right to and from the game. It's a great time. Enjoy tailgating all weekend long there at the RV lot. And they do have uh, just a few RVs left for those big games. If you want to find a way, a great way to spend the weekend for a home game, call Mark at 800-519-8467. Again, just a couple, couple RVs still available for Minnesota and Ohio State. All right, Dusty. I teased it at the end of the last quarter. We're going to give out grades for the team. Based on these first five games, we'll do the offense this segment. Then we'll do the defense in quarter number three. And by the way, quarter number four, one of our favorite guests is here, the coach, Nick Caduti. He's going to tell us about the running game and those two great freshman running backs. Let's start with the offense, Dustin. And let's start where we began last segment. Let's start with the quarterback. Sean Clifford's going to Sean Clifford. I think that is the moral of the story, you know, and I think, you know, whether you wanted Sean Clifford to return, whether you wanted him to move on, whether you've been barking for Drew Aller, whatever the case might be, whether you've supported him, you know, I I do feel like in the back of everyone's mind, they're thinking, what else is there for Sean Clifford to show us that he hasn't already shown us? You know, I think you can admire his guts. You can admire his grit. You can admire his leadership. The fact that he's a four-time team captain. You know that 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 that's an asset when it comes to getting in and out of the right plays and making the right play calls and adjustments and all to what all that stuff. You know, comes with experience, especially in year two uh, with uh, the same offensive coordinator. There was some hope, you know, with him with him working with Mike Yurcich again for a second year uh, that that things could really kind of explode. You also kind of you know hope that. Uh, a better running game can kind of make life a little easier for Sean Clifford and allow him to um, have some, you know, easier opportunities to throw the ball. I think some of those things are true, but what we've seen is that Sean Clifford is the same guy. And I think he's good enough. If you've got a really, really good team um, to, to maybe uh, help in a big 10 title push. You know, what remains to be seen is how good this team is away from him. Uh, But to me, I mean, I've said it before. I said it last year. You know, he isn't really one to raise the level of play uh, from the guys around him. He's one who's going to manage a game well, and I think he's going to make an occasional throw. I I think he is who he is. I give him a C so far just because he is exactly what I thought he would be. 62% completions, you know, nine touchdowns, two interceptions so far. That two could probably be four, don't you think? So I think, uh, you know, maybe we'll see him make a little bit more of an impact uh, on the ground. But, yeah, I think the running game has gotten better. I think the offensive line has gotten a little bit better. But Sean Clifford has remained the same. Okay, you mentioned the running backs. They've obviously been improved over a year ago. Give me a grade. I'm going to give them a B plus right now. Um, it's it's hard to really go overboard with uh, with glowing grades whenever there were four from all of them fumbled in the, in the same game. But I think what they've got with the complimentary pieces, Nick Singleton and that explosive burst off the edge, like that speed that he brings to the table. You know, you could be getting owned at the line of scrimmage by Michigan this weekend. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, 
but you could be getting owned at the line of scrimmage. You could be getting beat everywhere else. You could maybe not block something well, but that speed, if he gets to the edge, can change games. And that was severely lacking the last two years. And now that helps big time. And then on the other side, you know, Catron Allen can make something out of nothing. Uh, he can make something out of something. He can cut back. He's got good vision. He waits for things to set up in front of him. He does good work in between the tackles. You know, that inside-outside complementary game, you know, really makes them – they have something for every occasion. And, uh, you know, I, I think outside of the fumbles last week, I wish you could just kind of remove those and uh, whatever, but those guys ran the ball really, really well against Northwestern, and I think that's a, a real strength that I do think will show up against good teams. So – you know, as, as as bright as the future is, there, uh, I, I think they've definitely exceeded expectations by a good a good bit. Um, I'm going to go B plus. I think I, I could see it if you wanted to give an A minus though too. Well, I'm I'm willing to set those fumbles aside. It was crazy circumstances. It happened to all of them, so I'm not going to pick on them too much. But the next time I see one of them fumble. And they, they're not covering the ball well, then I'll get worked up about it, Dusty. Until then, I'll give them a pass. Let's go to the other skill people. Let's go to the wide receivers. I would call them underwhelming so far. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Parker Washington's kind of doing his thing. Uh, he's got 20 catches for 285, has not found the end zone yet. I uh, haven't really seen him with that big, huge kind of day uh, that I thought would be. I thought you'd see three or four games this year where Parker Washington really went off and it just kind of hasn't happened for him yet. Um, I don't know that he's really been targeted a a great deal. Uh, He's been a pretty consistent force, 58 plus yards in each of the last four games. He's there. He's doing his thing. Brenton Strange is the team's second leading receiver, uh, leading the team in average yards per reception. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley's doing pretty good work. And then after that is where I really have the problem is that, you know, Keandre Lambert-Smith has 104 yards in five games. Uh, Harrison Wallace III has 86 yards in five games. You know, I think the fact that those guys have have seen their numbers called and haven't really risen to the occasion um, that, you know, at, at a rate that Penn State needs them to is a big void because I really thought as good as Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley were going to be that Penn State's strength could really be in those numbers and that their number three wide receiver was going to have a big advantage and just hasn't materialized. Um, I think collectively I give that group a C and then, you know, you look beyond those two guys and there's really nobody else to be found. You know, we haven't seen, uh, they, they haven't pushed Caden Saunders forward. Clearly they want to kind of hold him back. Amari Evans has played in five games. He's got two catches. I think there's some promising things to to look for out of him, but he's just not there yet. Um, I don't know. They maybe Keandre Lambert Smith or Trey Wallace really steps to the forefront in the second half of the season. I think they kind of need him to. And in talking about the third receiver, you never mentioned Malik Mega, who remember a year ago there was so much talk about him, and I just felt if he wasn't the the next guy up. That means somebody else surpassed him and must have done a really good job, but we haven't seen that either. Uh, you mentioned the tight ends, uh, Dusty. How about a grade for them? Uh, as a group, I'm going to go a B as a group. Theo Johnson is not fair. I mean, he's still working his way back. Uh, Tyler Warren, uh, you mentioned off air. I, I must have missed the part where he was a, a little nicked up. So health has been a factor there. 
But, you know, Tyler Warren's got four catches for 39 yards this season. Um, Theo Johnson has two catches for 19 in the three games that he's played. You know, you just haven't really seen that group become an impact group. Now, with that being said, Brenton Strange has been far better than I expected him to be, to be honest. I mean, I think for him to bring that big play dynamic, um, they've needed that big play dynamic from, from him down the scene, making guys uh, miss, jumping over guys. So I think he's been terrific, um, both as a receiver and as a blocker, leads the team in touchdowns too. So I think that's something that probably will continue when they're in tight spaces, where they're inside the 20, 15, 10-yard line. Sean Clifford's looking Brenton Strange's way, and I don't really see any reason why he shouldn't. So I'm going to give them a B overall. If I were just saying Brenton Strange, I'd say an A for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned his blocking. I think he's been even more valuable with his blocking than with his pass receiving. And he's been very good with his pass receiving. And I just wonder also with the tight ends and wide receivers, any of these shortcomings, can we put that on the shoulders of the quarterback? I'm not really sure. Let's go, though, Dusty, to our favorite whipping boy. Let's go to the offensive line. We've been beating them up for years. What have you seen though this year? I've got a B grade and I'm trying to I'm trying to really be honest with myself and say am I grading on a curve or not because my expectations have been pummeled over the years or do I really think they've been playing that well and I I do think um, they've got a fixture in Landon Tangwall. Whether he stays at left guard or he stays inside or moves outside down the road uh, I think he's emerged as a pretty quality left guard who's working well in tandem with Olu Fashanu, who is really getting a lot of buzz about being an NFL guy. And, you know, I don't know if that's obviously that's great for Penn State now, but I mean, the possibility now exists, Jim, that he doesn't last beyond the season. You know, and I think that's one thing, you know, you look at and say, hey, that left side of the line, that's a those are a couple building blocks for years to come. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, Olu Fushano, if he leaves after being a, a, a 12 or 13 game starter, 14 game starter, might be a little risky, but he's got some really appealing physical tools and, and maybe that becomes a possibility. Juice Scruggs, I like him at center. Sal Wormley has done some nice things. You have the, the rotation at, on the right side. I think much more good than bad. Let's put it that way, uh, especially on the left side of that group. I, I like where they are and I, I, I like that. Um, you know, they seem to be going in a good positive direction. A lot of these guys will be back. Did, did you give them a grade? Uh, B, I got a B overall. Okay. And finally, uh, Dusty, how about the offensive coaching staff? I'm going to say B minus uh, on this one. You know, I think what happened last year, uh, the most creative, most effective, most rhythmic day that Penn State has was against, was against Auburn. And then it seems to slide after that. We're seeing the early makings of that same thing going on right now. So I want to see them snap out of it, come out of the break with uh, some adjustments being made, use that run game, use Sean Clifford more in the passing game, open up Parker Washington, give him some shots to make some big plays. And uh, I think they, they got a little predictable against Northwestern. Uh, I think uh, I want to see some adjustments coming out of the bye week. I think we will, but I think it's, it got a little stale for me the past two weeks. Like the running backs with their fumbling, I gave them a pass. I'll give the offensive coaches a pass, too, on the last week or two or three. Level of competition, playing in the monsoon last week, 
or maybe I should just give them an incomplete. We'll start to find out come this week, Dusty. That is it for quarter number two. Stick around. Quarter number three, we're going to grade the defense. Stay tuned. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante. With me is Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, we spent quarter number two giving out our grades for the offense. Now it's time to pass out some grades for the defense. And I want to leave an extra minute at the end of the segment. You're not going to get away with finishing this show, Dusty, without a Michigan prediction and bold prediction. So... Don't, don't think you're going to slither off without doing that. So let's get right to the grades. Let's start Let's start where it begins, the interior of the defensive line. What are you seeing with those tackles? I like what they've done so far, and I think um, P.J. Mustafer being healthy and kind of working his way back to being that dominant version of himself has been a big, big deal. That was something you know, we talked about some best-case scenarios unfolding earlier in the show looking at those guys coming back from injury at defensive, you know, Adisa Isaac coming back. And we didn't really get into P.J. Mustafer by name, but I think the fact that he is the P.J. Mustafer of old um, is a big part of all this and is going to continue being a big part of all this as you get into the, the more challenging games um, coming up over the next few weeks. Because I, Izzard, you know, I, I really felt like last year was um, – a valuable thing for him to get meaningful time. He was thrust into that. And I thought it could be something that could ex- accelerate his growth 
we're going to, we're going to start to see if that's the case or not. Made his debut last week um, after being sat for reasons that weren't specified. Hakeem Beeman, him coming back too. We didn't talk about him by name in terms of uh, being one of those guys that you needed to wait and see, but uh, him coming back from after missing all of 2021 again, for reasons that we don't really know yet. Uh, I think this group has all the makings here, um, especially if Kazai Isra can be a nice um, fundamental, you know, clogger in the middle there. I'm giving them a B. Um, and I, I, I just, I, I have some lingering questions about how they're going to hold up against some of the better offensive lines they're about to see. But we won't have to wait long to find out. I think they're going to be tested big time against Michigan. Definitely we're going to be. All right, let's go to those defensive ends. Coming into this season, uh, Jesse Locata gone, and especially Arnold Ibikidi gone. He meant so much to this defense last year. We weren't sure what we were going to get at defensive end, Dusty. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I, I'm, I, I subscribed into the optimism behind Adisa Isaac. Because everybody was saying it, you know, before he got hurt, everybody was expecting a monster year last year for him. Uh, but then, you know, you throw the injury in there and and whether he's the same guy or not, whether he's 100 percent healthy. I mean, he's looked like that guy. Um, and then Chop Robinson, you know, I, I obviously you knew uh, talent wise just how much raw ability he had. But you needed to see if that was going to play out as he as he moves to a new system, to a new role. Um, so you've got you had that in mind. Uh, Deny Dennis Sutton, obviously he's still moving his way along and trying to work into shape. I've got the, the defensive ends with a B-plus grade right now, but I really think that might be, as I'm thinking about it more, I'm like, man, that's their grade maybe should start with an A because where, where even when they're not making the play on the quarterback, they have affected the quarterback um, quite often. And I think, you know, when you talk about some of these offenses they they played and how quickly the ball was getting out, for them to be as productive and, and effective as they've been um, is a huge part of this. You know, you know that the, the, the on the back end of the defense, the cornerbacks can hold up, the safeties can hold up. When when the pass rush is, is making quarterbacks get rid of the ball faster, it really is, is a no-win situation for other offenses. And I do think, you know, given Adisa Isaac's talent and Chop Robinson's talent and what they've shown so far, I think the pass rush can show up against good teams and they are really going to need it to, um, to really, to, to, to make a difference against your CJ Strouds, make a difference this weekend against JJ McCarthy. I mean, I, th- I think this pass rush has been really good. I'm altering the grade that I sent you from a B plus to an A minus. Um, I haven't given anybody an A I'm a, I'm a tough professor. These guys can come for extra credit later in the semester if they want to improve their grades. But right now, a minus for these defensive ends. I'll tell you what, going into the season, we would have happily taken an A minus from no the doubt. defensive ends. Let's talk linebackers. That may have been our biggest area of concern on the defense going into the season, Dusty. Yeah, and and I think if this were grading reality versus expectation, the linebackers would be an A plus. Um, I've got them with a B plus grade. The Abdul Carter kind of changed the game. We talked about this before. Um, the fact that he was ready, you know, physically. He was a guy that we looked at early in this recruiting process and said, boy, I mean, you look at what he brings to the table with his size. He moves really well. They're going to have some needs. Yeah, he can play early. But I was more thinking about that more on necessity than him forcing his way. And he's forced his way uh, into this rotation and high in the rotation. And they they lean on him uh, to make plays now. I think Jonathan Sutherland has been fine. 
uh, there. I think Curtis Jacobs has been low key, really, really good. I don't know if we really talk about him, uh, you know, being a star as much as we probably should. I think he's been great this year. Um, I think Tyler Elsden's been uh, steady and reliable. Uh, Kobe King, you know, when, when he's getting his reps, shows some glimpses that he could be that middle linebacker of the future. I mean, this group, as long as they stay healthy, this group has been surprisingly good. And I'm going to give them a a B plus again, if this were based on sort of rock bottom expectations, I'd I'd be giving them an A plus. Let's go to those defensive backs that we've been so complimentary of. Let's start with the cornerbacks, Dustin. Yeah, I've got an A minus grade. Uh, I'm giving the minus just because I, I don't want to, I don't want to give the A or, a or A plus, you know, nobody's coming into my classroom and getting a 4.0. I'll, I'll tell you that, but you see the, the constant state of being tested, you know, leading the nation and pass breakups, you know, more pass breakups through five games than they had all of last year. I think we talked about like, what does that really mean? What does that suggest? Uh, it suggests to me that they, they've uh, other quarterbacks have been fairly accurate They've tested them. They've thrown it in in positions where uh, they're going to try to let their receiver make a play on the ball. And Penn State's cornerbacks are are getting there first. Bottom bottom line, uh, I think uh, they they faced. I still think faced more pass attempts per game than anybody else. Uh, I think it's what Manny Diaz is doing. Uh, he's kind of challenging the numbers. He's challenging the arithmetic at the line of scrimmage and making it so it doesn't really make sense to really run the ball. And he's letting his guys on the back end do their jobs. And they've been doing it at a really high level. Joey Porter Jr. was tested inexplicably all over and over and over again. Week one against Purdue. We haven't really seen that play out since then. Kalen King the past couple weeks has been outstanding. Johnny Dixon uh, has had his moments in a variety of ways in coverage, coming off blitzes, uh, in an interception. Um, I think Marquise Wilson as the number five guy, uh, Daquan Hardy, you know, he's done exactly what you expect from him. Just a really good, deep group that uh, has been just as good as advertised. And there were a lot of expectations here. How about the safeties? A minus again. Uh, I love Jair Brown. You know, the, the, the way that he kind of expects himself to make a play. You know, and and doesn't matter what kind of play. I think if a game is on the line and he has to make a tackle, make a play on the ball, get an interception, get a sack, tackle for loss. I mean, he is so uniquely equipped to make that wide variety of plays um, that and he and he's doing it. You know, he's he's all over the field. Uh, he, he's got that knack for the ball that you expect uh, him to have. He leads the team in tackles with 25. Uh, he's got two and a half tackles for loss. Uh, he's got a sack, two interceptions, a pass breakup, four quarterback hurries. I mean, he's forced to fumble. Uh, all the things that you want Jair Brown to be, he's been this year. And then you get into, you know, Keaton Ellis being really, really solid. Uh, Zaki Wheatley uh, creating some turnovers. Uh, Jalen Reed. Uh, kind of doing his job. And when, when you have to have another safety on the field, uh, he plays physical like a linebacker. I mean, they've got such a good combination of different types of good safeties that it gives Manny Diaz a lot of options. You know, whether you, even if you're in a look where you've got uh, five, six defensive backs, they, they, there aren't really liabilities when it comes to defending the run. All right, Dustin, I'm going to take over from here. Coaching. I'm giving Manny Diaz an A. I see from your notes you did too. 
He's everything that he was supposed to be. They're aggressive. They're fun to watch. It's fan-friendly watching this defense play. I believe it's player-friendly. I know ultimately it's going to be about what they do in the next few weeks. But I think this style gives them a better chance against a team with superior talent, like an Ohio State, by forcing errors on the other side. I'm also going to take special teams from you. I'm giving Barney a more an A. He's I'm giving him an A plus. Okay, I thought they'd be in trouble without Jordan Stout. This guy's been phenomenal. Parker Washington's been fine as the punt returner and the kicking. Eh, I don't even want to talk about it. That gives me time, Dusty, to move on because I want to talk to you a little bit about the Michigan game coming up. I've said it a thousand times. This team's 5-0, and just like last year. They beat Auburn. They beat a West Division Big Ten team in the opener, Wisconsin a year ago, Purdue this year. They're going to have a top-five team on the road this coming week. A year ago, this, fell, this is when things fell apart. Tell me why it's going to be different. Give me your prediction and your bold prediction. Well, um, I think, you know, Michigan, I think, has shown that they're not invincible. You know, I think that they they had to work in the second half to beat Indiana. I think that's a, a little glimmer of hope here for Penn State. It's a tough task to go on the road. Um, you know, I think Michigan more than uh, Penn State does has an identity. I think Michigan's defense is going to give Penn State problems. You know, and I think that's the thing that I look at the most. I, you know, you can concern yourself with Michigan's running game and all that, but I think Penn State's defense is going to come to play. Um, I've got it. Uh, you know, this is my first real foray into thinking about a prediction, but I'm predicting something like 21-17 Michigan. I don't think Penn State's going to do a lot of scoring. I don't think Michigan's going to do a lot of scoring. The over-under is set at 51.5. My first thought there is, I would pound the under. Um, you know, I, I don't think either of these offenses is going to get a ton of traction. Uh, so I think uh, I'm going to go under. I'm going to have Penn State covering the seven-point spread, uh, but I'm going to go under and Penn State covering Michigan winning outright. Uh, I, I just think that Penn State, you know, I, I think there are some chinks in the armor that can get exposed by a talented, aggressive, you know, physical defense like Michigan. How about a bold prediction? Uh, bold prediction. Um, I'm going to say, uh, holding Michigan to less than four yards per carry. I think Penn state's defense is capable of doing that. That's Michigan's bread and butter. Um, they're going to want to try to, you know, pound them and and really make a difference in the second half. I think Penn state's going to hold up to the run and force their quarterback to beat you. I think that's going to be the strategy. I'm not sure if McCarthy can do it or not, but I I don't know that Penn state's going to score enough to win the game anyway. And I like the idea of Penn State's defensive backs maybe making a play for you. All right, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around. We got the coach, Nick Caduti, is going to talk about Penn State's running game in quarter number four. You want to stay tuned for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante, and I'm with one of our absolute favorite guests. It's the coach, Coach Nick Caduti, from the For the Bloggy YouTube channel. If you're a football fan, or more specifically a Penn State football fan, and you want to understand more about the game, you got to check out Nick's video work. Again, it's on YouTube for the Bloggy channel. Coach, welcome back to the show. Great to have you on again. Man, glad to be on, Jim. Always love being on the show. Makes me feel like I'm uh, halfway intelligent at times. <laughs> hey, all I, all I need to do is watch your videos. I learned something. That makes you a smart man if you're able to teach me something. Today, I want to learn more about the running backs and the running game at Penn State. In your latest video, you talked about the two Penn State freshman running backs. That's Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. We fans are really excited about them. Give me your impression of the two. Well, you know, I would say that, you know, in the video I made it very clear. I think Katron is probably the more polished back. Um, he's definitely a guy who, you know, he could tell he's been in a system where he was had to read zone game. He had to you know, be really patient in his runs. Um, you can tell that Nick, on the other hand, was definitely a veer running back option. You know, he hit the hole hard as he could. And he runs. Um, you know, I, I think they're both exceptional athletes. Um, you know, I think Katron's probably the more polished, but I think the ceiling for our man Nick is way higher just because of his unreal athletic ability. Uh, I think that's what's going to make a huge difference for him um, later on down the road um, when it comes to it. So, but you know, and to be honest with you, I think it's interesting that, you know, Yurisich has definitely kind of changed and molded his, his run game to uh, fit uh, his kids. And it's changed a little bit from the previous you know, mid zone, wide zone, inside zone stuff. And he's gotten to a lot more duo, a lot more of the GF counter stuff. Uh, and I think it's really benefited those running backs as well. 
could you explain to us what the difference is between I know you and I had the conversations about the zone reads, the inside zone, outside zone reads. Tell me more about the the changes that they made and what exactly it means. Yeah, you know, the biggest difference between like gap, um, gap scheme and zone scheme. You know, zone scheme is for lack of better terms, it is basically the offensive line is in charge of the gap to the play side. For example, if I'm running zone to the right, I'm responsible for the gap to the right. I have somebody helping me and we're going to pick up the first thing we see in that gap together until something comes to us and then we'll separate and we'll do our, we'll do our business. Gap schemes a little differently. Gap means you're in charge of a gap. Okay. So like, for example, uh, GF counter. Okay. It means that, that, so that front side tackle, he's not in charge of the gap to his right. If the play's going to the right, he's actually in charge of the gap to the left. So he actually has to wash that gap down because somebody else is coming to replace him on that gap, be it a guard, a fullback, a tight end, whoever it might be. It's two different blocking styles. It's two different game styles. And it's really, it's uh, it's a different type of skill set, you know. And, and so, you know, a lot of offensive linemen, you know, they're either good at one or the other. Um, you know, I, from what I can tell, Penn State's done a great job um, teaching their kid their gap scheme. And that's really, I think, helped these offensive linemen. And it's also helped these running backs too. So, you know, the switch from gap to – uh, zone has been an improvement. In fact, I, I think I had the numbers. It was so last year, Penn State was 57% zone and 33% gap. And now they're 46% zone and 48% gap, you know, so you know, they've definitely increased the gap performance and the way they run the game. So you mentioned about ha- having skill sets for one style or the other. Is it more because of the offensive line or more because of the running backs that you think they made this kind of change? You know, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, comfort level, what they found success in. You know, a lot of teams will change who they are um, offensively, schematically, based on what they have. You know, for example, you know, I've watched the offensive line of Penn State for a few years now, right? Religiously, religiously. You know, I feel like this is probably the most comfortable that they've been in um, since I've really been starting to really break them down. And so it's fun to watch that, that, that they're finding this they're finding this system, they're finding this GF counter, this duo. Duo is like a whole play, a concept back in the day. There's a, there's a whole – if you go online and look up the difference between duo and inside zone, you'll have a thousand responses. Um, I used to have a really, really good YouTube video that I got taken down with my channel back in the day that described the difference between duo and inside zone and how you can tell the difference. Um, but duo is basically power without pulling somebody. Yeah, inside zone is different. They're blocked differently. They're read differently. But just going back to what we're talking about, the the duo concept has really helped. I think this offensive line kind of really get things together, come together to to get to get penetration. And I also truly believe that um, it's helped the running backs because it does allow this really really big explosive play to the outside based on what happens in the box. Um, and that's where you're seeing a lot of these big gashing runs that bounce is because of the way they're running duo. You also, you alluded to the GF counter, and in watching your video, it looks like part of this, the G, I imagine, is for the guard pulling, and the F, F back is that Penn State tight end. That seems to have been a play that has been really effective for Penn State, watching especially Brenton Strange at t- tight end. He seems to be leading the way quite a bit and doing it quite well. Yeah, you know, I think Penn State did a really good job of recruiting blocking tight ends as opposed to pure receivers. And that has made a significant difference in the 
run game for Penn State uh, because you've now added a sixth guy in the box that is a true blocker. And so basically having a glorified athletic O-lineman. And it's really helped them a lot. Yeah, and GF is, is guard fullback uh, counter. You know, back in the day, a long time ago, they ran GT, guard tackle. Um, they do that. They run guard fullback now so that they can stop run-throughs and so on and so forth. But, you know, it's definitely a, a niche thing they've found, and it's been really fun to watch. Um, they've been really successful. And, and I'll be honest with you, I really have enjoyed watching the compressed sets come together and the, the gap scheme duo stuff and how it's all kind of evolved. Let's get back to the to the two freshman running backs. You mentioned that Catron Allen appears to be the more polished back, and in your video you talked about he's the much more patient back. Nick Singleton obviously is just this explosive player with such a burst for him. If you're coaching these two type of different talents, how do you use them at running back? Does it matter the situation, the plays that you're going to run for each one of them? Yes and no. You know, I think that I think that Catron Allen's going to be, you know, a little bit more patient on some, maybe some GF stuff. Um, he'll let things develop in front of him a little a little better. Um, but then again, if things develop quickly enough, Nick Singleton definitely when he hits it, he hits it. He hits it 100 miles an hour. Um, you know, but really. You know, here's what I would tell you. I, I would be more apt to put Nick Singleton on the edge than Catron Allen, just because from what I can tell athletically, I might be dead wrong. Um, but to be honest with you, I think they're a wonderful complement. You know, you have one guy who is explosive, gets downhill, who hits the whole 100 miles an hour and is just unbelievably athletically gifted. Um, and then you have another one that's super patient, that kind of just lets things develop and then puts his foot in the ground. Uh, you know, it's a yin to a yang, right? Two different backs, two different styles running back our defenses have to do it as well you know as a coach it's so wonderful to have that yin and that yang um you know down here where i'm at in our backfield i'm really lucky i have that i have three running backs that are uh, three different running styles and and but all three college football player elite kids are amazing and it's fun because you can watch a defense try to adjust to one and then struggle with the other and that's what penn state's getting Uh, the auburn was a really good key to that of seeing that and watching that Auburn game, watching Nick Singleton turn the corner, I'm not sure there's many running backs who could turn that corner as quickly as he can. You know what they call that? They call that genetics. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's one of the questions I was going to have for you. When you talk about the difference between the two, I imagine it's a little easier for Nick Singleton to learn patience than it is for Catron Allen or any other back to learn the kind of burst that Nick Singleton has. Oh, 100%. You can't teach, you can't teach speed. Speed is given, you know, and that's, and that's why it's fun to have the two different backs because of the two different things that they can do, and it's really fun and enjoyable to watch. Okay, now it's obvious the running game is much improved. You just have to look at the numbers, and it's obvious these two run, freshman running backs make a huge difference. But as you said, you've been watching this Penn State team for years now. Tell me about the offensive line. I think it's better than it was from the last couple of years. You tell me, is it? Oh, hands down. You know, and I think a lot of it has to do with continuity, right? I think that, you know, when you when you walk into a situation as a new coaching staff, you know, you had, you know, Yurcich comes in. He's a third OC in three years. He brings the O-line coach uh, from Boston College, you know, and – they're good. I mean, they're fantastic. I'm, I'm, I will never, never lie about who I'm a fan of, and I'm a fan of Yurcich. Um, I think he does a great job, you know. And, and for me, I, I really struggle with, you know, uh, 
watching O-line not getting a chance to develop and, and people getting upset. Um, I think that what they've done with the offensive line at Penn State has been probably the most significant change in that team. Um, uh, you know, Manny Diaz's defense definitely makes a difference. But Penn State's always had a great defense, right? Um, up front, I would say it's been – it's been close to seven years since I can say a Penn State O-line has been dominant at the point of attack. And right now I can say that there's a reason that they're undefeated and there's a reason why they're running the ball the way they are. Um, we can talk about the pressure running backs all we want, but, man, someone's got to open those holes. What, one other question that I had for you, though, in watching the zone reads and learning from you about them, one of the things I think the quarterback has to be a threat, though, to run, or you're going to have the entire defense collapse on the running back. A week ago against Northwestern, Penn State ran the ball over 50 times. Sean Clifford ran the ball three times. Don't they need to have the quarterback at least be more of a threat to hold on to the ball and run it? You know, uh, when you run gap scheme, uh, that's something that happens. You, you know, you lose that zone read ability um, because you don't, you don't read it uh, with the quarterback. And so, you know, you, you kind of have to take some and lose some. And the idea is, you know, I'm gaining an extra blocker, but I'm losing my quarterback's run game ability. And I think the other thing you have to do is you kind of have to wash away a Northwestern game where, you know, it was like hurricane whatever, you know, playing in. And yeah. it, the weather was terrible. And, and, you know, the other reason is, let's get real, uh, Penn State was going to win the game, right? They were going to win the game. They, I think they knew it. Um, the goal is to walk out of that game healthy. Um, and I think they achieved that goal. And so when they come into the next week against Michigan, you know, they've got a big game and that's, that's when you use your guys, right? You, you don't want to waste your quarterback and get him hurt, you know, against on the team like, uh, you know, Northwestern this year, uh, you know, Fitz does a great job. In fact, I think, uh, he'll be here tomorrow actually, uh, to come look at a couple of my kids. And, you know, I think that he does a great job, but I think that you don't waste your time on a team that's one in five and, you know, don't waste a quarterback. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, quarterback run threat is what they call the X factor. It's the plus one. Gotcha. Unfortunately, Nick, that's going to have to be it for the show. Thanks so much again for all the great information. And remember, go to For the Bloggy YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe for some absolutely great videos from the coach. And be sure you join us next time for the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000.